What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to a new episode of the Instant Replay Podcast. As always, I'm your host, Dominic Shirosky. And, excuse me, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, we have a lot to talk to. I'm actually pretty excited for today's episode. We have a lot to talk about today. Um, where do I want to start? Where do I want to start? Um, okay, we'll, you know, we'll get to the really big news. I want to save that for last. So we'll get to the really big news last. I'm going to hit a couple other things that happened um, earlier in the week. Uh, after I recorded last week, um, just give a little bit more background and update on some of the things that happened. Um, baseball figured out what it needed to do to have a season. Uh, that's to me, probably the most surprising piece of news that came out. Um, if you've been paying attention to the past couple episodes, you know, I've been extremely pessimistic with MLB coming back um, just between because of the rift between the players and uh, the owners, Rob Manfred, proving time and time again that he's the worst commissioner in all of sports and might be the worst commissioner in sports history. Um, he was just coming on saying it's insane how wrong Robert Manfred has been just the way he speaks to the public and the words he chooses to use. I mean, he was the individual who, you know, ESPN did a thing where all the commissioners sat or had a, a Zoom call with uh, Mike Greenberg, and they all kind of talked about the state of their sport that they commission and things like that. And I remember on that episode, like on that episode when Robert Manfred was going up, every other commissioner looked good and every other commissioner said the right things. And Rob Manfred was like the one that came up and was just like, oh man, you know what, trying to get this season together with the, with the players, it's it's a disaster. Those are his exact words. He called the process a disaster. So I was of the belief that we were not going to get baseball this year. But uh, it seems like the players, you know, and, and I want to give a big shout out to the players because the players came out and did something very smart. Um, they started trying to win the public public opinion and they put all of the pressure on the owners, you know, Every player started, like, they came out and they all got together and they came up with this very simple and easy statement. Tell us when, tell us where. We want to play games. Tell us when to play, tell us where to play. Ball's in your court. And that was a power move. I mean, it made the players look great. And like they said, it put all the pressure on the owners to get this done. Um, Now, the players did cave. Um, A lot of the players, you know, a lot of guys were talking about how if it's not 80 games, we it doesn't even need to be a conversation. Um, the players did not get the 80 games that they wanted. It will be a 60-game regular season uh, that will spring, – spring training and uh, all of that will take place uh, within the upcoming days, actually. Um, it will start in July, and the start of the league year, I believe, is set for July 23rd. So baseball is actually right around the corner. Um, now, there are some players who have opted out, you know, saying that, you know, because of worries about COVID-19, uh, that they won't be playing a couple of players, you know, uh, guys like uh, Ryan Zimmerman, who's the Nationals uh, infielder, uh, 
The Nationals also uh, pitcher Joe Ross says that he won't be coming. Mike Leak of the Diamondbacks, he's a pitcher. Um, Ian Desmond, Colorado Rockies outfielder. Uh, just a couple guys to name that have stated, you know, hey, it doesn't matter what happens. We're not coming back. Uh, we have family story about we don't want to put ourselves at risk. And I completely understand. I It makes a ton of sense. So good for them. Uh, I And it's going to be interesting to just see how this all does play out you know like even with all the sports with basketball with baseball with football um it's going to be very interesting to see how much testing goes on and more importantly how the leagues are going to respond when a player tests positive during the season because that's inevitably going to happen like because everyone is getting geared up for these seasons uh we're starting to see like testing like the nba i believe it says that they tested like 360 players and found like 16 which hindsight like that's actually a pretty good number it's pretty low but still it's like what are you going to do when someone inevitably catches it during a season um and that's something that i think adam silver spoke about not too long ago and he said something really important it was like listen if we're going to start, we're not going to start just to stop. So if someone catches it during the season, we have to keep going because we're not starting this up just to stop it again. So that's something that every league is going to have to face. Um, baseball, though, this I think actually, you know, the 60 game season, I think actually is works a lot better for the interest of baseball to the casual fan like myself. Like I'm it's very rare that I'm choosing to watch baseball. If I'm watching baseball, it's because no other sport um, is currently on at the time, for the most part. You know, like if basketball is on, I'm not watching baseball. If football is on, I'm not watching baseball. If boxing is on, I'm, yeah, like if the UFC or boxing is on, I'm not watching baseball. Um, if tennis is on, I'm not watching baseball. Like baseball is low on the spectrum for me. But I do watch occasionally, and like I said, I am more of a casual fan. But the 60-game regular season is interesting to me because I think it provides more interest. Um, I've always said that 162 games is a ridiculously long season, and MLB needs to cut that down. The season, There's no reason for the season to be that long. Um, but... The 60-game regular season is very interesting because it gives so many different teams an opportunity to win. Um, pitching this season will be more important than it has ever been. If you have a strong, excuse me, if you have a strong bullpen and you have a strong lineup of pitchers, you're going to do well. Now, the problem is how quickly can those guys get into a groove? Um, because if your group of pitchers starts off rusty or they start off slow, that's a problem. Um, and, you know, in a 60-game season, you can get away with certain things, you know. Your weaknesses may not be exploited. Like, in 162 games, the best teams typically make it, right? Like, in 162 games, there's not really a bunch of flukes. There's not tons of teams that skirted by. Like, it's 162 games. Like, you might, like, you might have a hot streak, but then that hot streak fizzles out and people start recognizing their weaknesses and 
a team that looked bound for the World Series could not even make the playoffs. Um, prime example, um, with sixty game with a sixty game regular season last year, um, last season the Nationals won. The Nationals through the first sixty games of the season last year wouldn't have even made the playoffs if the season was only sixty games. So the team that won the World Series last year wouldn't even have made the playoffs this year if it was only a 60-game season played. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. Like I said, it gives it that that feeling that, you know, every game matters more now because you don't have the leeway. You don't have as much time to figure it out. You don't have as much time to get into your groove. So it kind of forces you, specifically the pitchers, to get it together and get it together early. You know, like we don't have time for you to sit and tweak things and kind of get inside your head and get out of your head and finally get your groove together. No, it needs to happen right off the bat. No pun intended. Um, so it's going to be very interesting. Um, and like I said, I think it's going to be, it's going to be fun for more casual fans because I think a lot of people will sit back and realize that, Hey, it's only 60 games. A lot of teams that maybe didn't have a chance before, now you got a little bit of a shot. Like, it's 102 less games than we have to play. Maybe we get lucky. Maybe we get hot. Win a World Series. So it's it's going to be very interesting to see how uh, this season plays out. But the main thing is baseball is back. Um, so good for them. Baseball fans, congrats to you. You get your sport back. Now we have to figure out how we're going to play and uh, arrangements for testing and things like that. But baseball is back, and it's right around the corner, actually. Um, next, I wanted to talk about basketball. Um, the NBA released their schedule. Um, the 22 teams, uh, some teams have already gone down to Orlando. Um, like I believe the Toronto Raptors are already down in Florida and they're getting accustomed and used to it. Nick Nurse is saying, you know, hey, we got everyone down here. We're trying to get used to being in the bubble and things like that. Um, but the NBA released its schedule uh, for all the games that need to be played. All 22 teams will play eight games, as I spoke about before when they released this. Um, July 30th is the return date for the NBA and opening night, we'll see the Jazz and the Pelicans play, as well as the Clippers and the Lakers. Now, when I looked at this schedule, it was something very, very, very clear. Um, and that is that the NBA wants Zion Williamson and the Pelicans to make the playoffs. Like, they desperately want the Pelicans in the playoffs. And I get it, you know, Zion is box office. They have a nice, entertaining young team. But when you looked at the remaining schedule, the Pelicans have the easiest schedule remaining of anyone, and they are right behind the Memphis Grizzlies. And the Grizzlies have a little bit of a tough task uh, with their remaining eight games for the regular season. Um, it's gonna be very interesting to see how that plays out. I do think we will see a play-in game between the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. Um, but you never know. Like I said, it, it really depends on how everything plays out. 
you know, have guys been staying in shape? You know, will it, how, how long will it take guys to knock the rust off? Things like that. Um, but truth be told, the only I, I don't see any of the lower seeded teams really making the playoffs other than the Pelicans. Um, obviously, you have Washington over there in the Eastern Conference. I don't see them making it. And as much as I think Damian Lillard will be on a tear and will be on a mission to try and will Portland into the playoffs, I just don't think they will. That team hasn't played well all season for whatever reasons. Um, So really, when I look at it, it looks like it's really only going to come down to Memphis and uh, the Pelicans. Something to keep an eye on, though, is that there's a lot of important things that could happen with the higher seeded teams. Cause everyone's been talking about, you know, Oh, well, who's going to make it in and all this that with the eighth seed, there's a lot of shuffling that can go along or can go around with the higher seeded teams. Like Houston right now is sitting at six, I believe in the Western conference. Yeah. Houston's either at five or six, they could fall to seven. Yeah. Like they could fall as low as seven, but then also make it as high as like third. So there's a lot of different things that could go on and we could see uh, playoff matches, matchups being completely done away with and completely changed um, with this eight game regular season. But most importantly, basketball is coming back. Um, I'm super happy about that. A uh, little bit of news. Um, obviously, some guys, uh, you know, I've said that they won't be coming into this for the uh to the playoffs or to play the remaining regular season because of COVID-19. You know, Avery Bradley uh, is an individual. He said that he will not be going down to uh, play in the bubble um, down in Orlando. Uh, He has a child who I believe has asthma. Um, So he doesn't want to take that risk. I completely understand that. Um, There's another individual, uh, I believe David Baranis is his name. I might be saying his first name wrong. Um, but uh, Baranis is an individual who was set to have a pretty big um, uh, pay payday coming up because he was going to be a free agent. Um, he's a guy who's coming off two ACL tears, and he kind of was just like, "Look, I'm not risking going out there off you know months of with months of rust, going out there to play eight games." probably not make the playoffs and then possibly hurt myself. So that way I screw myself out of a big payday. So he's, he's like, you know what? I'm not coming down. I respect it. I get it. Um, but it's going to be interesting. Uh, the Lakers, the Lakers and Clippers did make moves also just to kind of bolster their rosters. Uh, the Clippers signed Joakim Noah. Um, and the Lakers are signing J.R. Smith. Uh, really happy that J.R. Smith is back in, the NBA, he deserves to be there. He's an incredible player, really good guy. Um, it's nice. It'll be nice to see him on the basketball court instead of beating up kids or beating up a guy for attacking his car. <laughs> that was that whole situation. I don't think I talked about that. J.R. Smith just beat the hell out of this one guy who during the riots was taking advantage of the situation and was just bashing uh, J.R. Smith's car. Now, I don't know if the guy knew it was J.R. Smith's car or not, but he was like 
banging like the windshields of JR's car and JR came out and <laughs> gave him the two piece. <laughs> yeah, that, that two piece and a biscuit. So, but anyways, glad to see JR Smith is back in the league. Um, it's going to be, I mean, listen, the Lakers and Clippers is kind of the matchup that we're all really looking forward to. Um, I think Joakim Noah is a good addition, even though I think he's past his, I think Joakim Noah is past his point of being a real serviceable player as far as giving you minutes on the court. And this is not Joakim Noah's light because I love Joakim Noah. I'm a Chicago Bulls fan and I love everything he did for us when he was in the Bulls uniform. And I've always respected him and his game. Uh, but I just think at this point, he's kind of past the point of being a real serviceable player who's going to give you valuable minutes um, on a consistent basis. Now, what he does provide, he provides toughness. He's someone who, like I said, if you've seen him in Chicago, never back down from LeBron, which if you paid attention to the Clippers and how the Clippers have orchestrated and uh, created this team, their entire team makeup is stopping LeBron and giving LeBron as much hell and making him work as hard as possible. Um, so, you know, Joakim Noah is an individual who has some has some history uh, with LeBron, obviously has never backed down, tough guy, um, a huge energy guy. He, that's another thing. He's going to be a really good leader, um, good with speaking up, um, providing energy. You know, when he does come in, he'll be a spark plug, may, maybe provide some good minutes here or there. Um, so... Good pickups by them, but I'm I'm happy basketball is coming back, man. I'm I'm really happy basketball is back. Like I said, we they have to figure out everything with just the testing. Um, you know, they said that they're going to be in the bubble. They're going to be in Orlando at the Disney uh, at Disney World, and you know, no one's going to be allowed. They're supposed to have these little bracelets that some of the players don't necessarily like because they're like, eh, they're tracking devices, and I don't want you guys knowing where we're going exactly. But I mean, if you're in the bubble, yeah, like if you're kind of in this quarantined bubble in Orlando, like in Disney World, it's not really much you can do. It's not a whole bunch of places you can go. So I don't, I understand why you just don't like the idea of being tracked, but it's not like you're being tracked in your everyday life. You're kind of being tracked in this one situation. Um, but, you know, they're supposed to have the little wrist bracelets that, you know, allow them to get in in and out of their rooms and into facilities. Um, also, it's supposed to kind of, I think they've been modified to kind of give updates or to let the like, you know, to kind of sense if a player is feeling ill or things like that, or if there's some sort of imbalance. Um, so seems like the NBA is, the NBA has played this really well. Like I said, Adam Silver is the best commissioner in all the sports right now. And he's played this really smart. Um, but the NBA is right around the corner as well. Um, we're actually exactly a month, I believe, exactly a month away from basketball being played again. Um, I have not seen any updates on what next season will look like because that is the interesting thing. Like I said, throughout all of this is what does the NBA do with the start of the new season? with next year, you know, um, because you can't bring basketball right back. You know, like by the time this season ends, we'll be around the time basketball is supposed to be coming back. 
So do they wait? How long do they wait? Um, also still what's going to be going on with uh, coronavirus and testing. Will we have a vaccine? Will, you know, it, will it, will we be sorted out and have this thing uh, under control seven months from now? Maybe, maybe not, but it's going to be very interesting to see how this affects the, uh, the NBA season uh, moving forward. All right. Now the really, really big news, um, which, <sighs> I gotta tell you, I'm so I'll Cam Newton finally was signed by a team. Uh, and I'm extremely happy about that. Like I'm, it, it, it was criminal. The fact that Cam Newton was not signed on an NFL roster with the amount of talent he has. He's a veteran. He's a former MVP, almost took a team that had no real offensive weapons to a Super Bowl, like almost won a Super Bowl with like Ted Ginn Jr. as his best. Um, yeah, like when you look back at that Super Bowl team, Ted Ginn Jr. and Greg Olson were like his best receivers, and he was the best running back on that team. That's how spectacular Cam Newton is. He took that team that was that offensively inept to a Super Bowl and almost won. Um, so I'm very happy that he is on a roster because it's taken way, way too long for him to get signed. The problem is <laughs> he signed to a team that I hate, <laughs> and that is the New England Patriots, um, which, you know, it doesn't surprise me. Um, I've been saying for a while now that Cam's going to get signed. It's just a matter of where. And the team that made the most sense was the New England Patriots. You know, the Bears, they traded for Nick Foles. Uh, Cincinnati, they have Joe Burrow. Maybe they could have signed him to be a backup, but how does that affect the development of your rookie quarterback? It seems like they want to give Joe Burrow uh, the keys right out the gate and let it be known that this is his team. Uh, the... Chargers came out and said that, you know, we were in the market for Tom Brady because he's Tom Brady. But other than Tom Brady, we weren't in the market for a veteran quarterback. We wanted someone young. So they went with Justin Herbert. They have Tyrod Taylor on the scene. Uh, some people thought maybe the Cleveland Browns because Baker Mayfield struggled a little bit. Uh, maybe if, you know, you want to have a little bit of insurance behind Baker Mayfield, maybe someone to push Baker, teach Baker, but also just in case Baker isn't a good quarterback. We have the MVP to fall back on. Um, we also, a lot of people also put that together because they saw, you know, Cam Newton training with uh, Odell Beckham Jr. Um, some people thought the Bills, uh, but Bills GM came out and said, no, we want to empower Josh Allen. Uh, a lot of people were thinking about Jacksonville Jaguars. However, I've been saying for some time now that Jacksonville is actively tanking and they want Trevor Lawrence. They can sit here and spew the nonsense that Gardner Minshew is the guy moving forward. Uh, but if Gardner Minshew is the guy, you probably need to get him some weapons, and you haven't done that. In fact, you've traded away all the weapons. So he's set to fail, <laughs> and the Jaguars are as well. So the Jaguars are tanking, so they weren't going to take him. So it really left the Patriots. The Patriots were the only team that made sense. Um because you have a fourth-round pick in Jarrett Stidham 
you got Brian Hoyer, and then you have two other guys who uh, I believe were either late round draft picks or undrafted. Um, and you know, everyone's kind of Bill Belichick did leave the door open a while ago because he said, you know, we're comfortable with Sidham, but we uh, we're comfortable. He, he said, you know, like we're comfortable with Sidham or whoever we have in the future. I believe he made some sort of statement like that. Um, and so this was him leaving the door open and they took the opportunity for it. Um, and it was also always interesting to me that the way that they talked about Jarrett Stidham was always, he's a really smart guy. He's really like, he's, he's really good, but never at any point in time did I any, ever hear anyone say he's the guy. I never heard anyone, like I always heard we're comfortable with him. But I never heard anyone give an emphatic, he's our starter, he's our guy, we believe in him. They say we're comfortable with him, we trust, like, you know, he's he's, he's a smart guy, uh, he does well in practice, things like that, we like what we saw out of him. But we never, ever got a definitive, oh, he's our guy, um, he's our starting quarterback. It was always, we're comfortable with him. But, you know, we'll see what happens. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, and also, classic Patriots fashion, you pick up an MVP and you get him for dirt cheap. Cam Newton's base salary is a little over a million dollars, but it's also incentive laden. So that way, if Cam Newton hits his incentives, he can make up to like seven and a half million dollars. It's a one year deal. Um, but I think this, I mean, this move, plain and simple, this move puts the Patriots back in the conversation, which sucks for everyone who is not a Patriot fan. Because, so I'm. 23 years old. Tom Brady was a New England Patriot for 22 years, I believe. My entire life, basically, I've known nothing but Tom Brady on the Patriots. And that typically means that they win. Um, so I couldn't stand them. Like As a Steeler fan, they've beaten us time and time again. So I was looking forward to a possible season where they might actually be bad, like a possible season where it's like the Patriots might not even make the playoffs. Um, and here comes Bill Belichick doing Bill Belichick things <laughs> and signing, yeah, losing one future Hall of Famer and all-time great and former you know, Super Bowl champ and former MVP. And, oh, we'll just go ahead and sign another MVP for dirt cheap. Like, think about it. Marcus Mariota is getting paid more than Cam Newton is this year. Nick Foles is getting paid more than Cam Newton is this year. Um, I just, it, it's insane. Oh my goodness. They just, they always find a way, don't they? <laughs> but uh, I am super happy for Cam. I Now, I will say, I'm interested to see how Josh McDaniels uh, and Cam Newton figure this offense out. I'm also very interested to see how Cam Newton and Bill Belichick mesh. Um, because for everyone saying that, you know, Cam Newton, you know, doesn't fit with Bill Belichick and the Patriot way and like how they kind of are all robots and no one speaks and things like that. That's not always the case. Like when you have supreme talents in New England, they tend to, sometimes they will let you be, outspoken you know rob gronkowski yes he's probably was definitely tamed but rob definitely wasn't quiet when he was in new england um when they brought in 
Randy Moss, you know, Randy Moss, they still allowed him to be himself. Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, one of the things, I mean, and everyone, so one of the things that I did see was that everyone was kind of like, some people were trying to poo-poo Cam and was just like, oh, well, Cam's garbage and, you know, he can't stay, you know, he's never on the field. And it's like, he didn't play really, like Cam's been playing the past two two and a half seasons badly banged up. Like he's had a problem with his throwing shoulder and then he had the plantar fasciitis in his foot, which basically took his foot out. Um, But you have to think Cam has basically had almost a season and a half, almost two full seasons to sit back and recover and just be healthy and get as healthy as possible. He looks if you've seen his videos, he looks like he's in the best shape of his life. Um, so, and also, I don't think people realize how good Cam was. I think these past two years or so have kind of stunted people's minds about how good Cam was. Like in 2018, mind you, he only played 14 games this season. But in 2018, he completed almost 68% of his passes, threw for almost 3,400 yards, threw for 24 touchdowns, ran for four more. Also doing all of this behind a bad offensive line because he was sacked 29 times. Um, he rushed for almost 500 yards. like, And he did all of that in 14 games, meaning if he would have played the other two, he probably would have accounted for well over 30. Would have accounted for well over 30 touchdowns that season. Would have thrown for almost 4,000 yards. Would have rushed for, I'm sure, almost 600. Like, Cam is still a supreme talent. And I think him having the time off to get healthy benefits him in ways that I think people aren't taking into account. And also, there is something to be said about having a chip on your shoulder. There is something to be said about feeling like you have something to prove. Think about it. Cam sat there, and the Carolina Panthers, they did. They quit on him. They sat there, you know, they were like, you know, Cam's our guy, you know, he's injured and all this, but Cam's our guy. And then they cut him and signed Teddy Bridgewater, basically to the, Teddy signed Teddy Bridgewater to the exact same amount of money, same contract that they were paying Cam. So it wasn't like they cut him to save cap space. They literally just cut him because they didn't believe in him. And also they did him the disservice of cutting him well after everyone had kind of gotten their quarterbacks already. Like the draft had already gone by. So the teams that needed young the teams that needed quarterbacks got their quarterbacks in the draft. If you were a team that was looking for a free agent quarterback, the Bucks had already gotten uh Tom Brady. The Colts had already gotten Phillip Rivers. The Bears had already gotten Nick Foles. Um they really kind of screwed him over, to be completely honest. And I'm sure he has a huge chip on his shoulder and he's ready to show everyone that he still has it in him and i believe he does (laughs) so do i put the i think the main the main question now becomes where do i see the patriots um the patriots do have a rough schedule out of the gate so i don't I have to see Cam Newton in this offense, and I have to see what they do with him. Um, it's going to be very interesting. I don't know if I would pick them to win the AFC 
East, I do still think that that is Buffalo's division to lose. But I would not be surprised if the Patriots find a way. Um, I, I'm definitely picking them to make the playoffs. I definitely see them making the playoffs. I just don't know if they will make it as a wild card or as a division winner. Um, but all in all, like I said, big ups to Cam. Super happy for you. Glad to see you back on the roster. Can't wait to see what you do in New England. Just don't beat my Steelers. That's all I, that's all I ask. Um, <laughs> that's really... That's really it, actually. Um, two little quick things that I do want to point out. Um, Netflix and Ava Dunay, Ava, sorry, Ava DuVernay are working together with Colin Kaepernick to make a six-part document or documentary uh, series on Colin Kaepernick and like his upbringing and all that. So shout out to Colin. I'm super excited about that. Also, hopefully one day, Colin, I will get to see you on an NFL roster again or in the NFL in some capacity, whatever that role may be whatever you desire it to be. I hope you achieve it and are granted it. Um, but super excited about that. Can't wait to see that. Um, also, NASCAR. Uh, I know I said last episode that this that was probably the last time we would talk about NASCAR. I do want to bring up NASCAR one more time. Um, the FBI came out and said that, you know, oh, it wasn't a noose. It was a garage pull rope. Um, I really want... I really want the FBI and, I mean, government officials, I mean, the world in general, I really want them to stop treating us like we're idiots. Um, the FBI tried to come out and say that, oh, it's a garage pull rope that was fashioned like a noose, and it's been there for like a year now. It's been there for a while. Um, now... Super, super, super happy that NASCAR came out and did the right thing. NASCAR actually came out and released a photo of the quote unquote garage pull rope that was in uh, Bubba Wallace's garage. You know, as a black man, um, I can tell you right now, that's a noose. It's not a garage pull rope. And also they checked all the different garages and only like six of those garages out of hundreds literally out of hundreds of garages only six of them had garage pull ropes and only the one in Bubba Wallace's garage had a pull rope that was fashioned like a noose and also even if it was even if it has been there because Bubba Wallace has come out and said that you know the noose or the picture of the pull rope that the FBI put out, which was a still from a video, I think, that was blurry and unclear. He was like, that's not what I saw. And NASCAR put out the photo of what was really in Bubba Wallace's uh, garage. So it feels like the FBI tried to sweep this under the rug and that they tried to pull the wool over our eyes. Um, and that's not the case. Like I said, I'm super happy that uh, NASCAR did what they did. I'm glad that they put out the truth and that they showed the picture because that's a noose. And even if it is a garage pull rope that's fastened like that, um, I've never seen a garage pull rope fashioned in that way because it's it's fashioned like a noose and nooses are meant to get tighter when you pull them, not to actually pull something down. So 
I don't understand how that's a garage pull rope. But uh, that's the world we live in, sadly. Um, hopefully it will change. Uh, hopefully it will get better. Well, not hopefully. It will get better. Um, it will get better. It will change. And slowly but surely we will make the progress that needs to be made. But that's all I have for you guys on this episode. Thank you so much for listening. Um, yeah, you guys' support is super, super, super appreciated. Um, if you like this episode, share it with other people. Um, but yeah, this has been the Instant Replay Podcast. I'm your host, Dominic Shirosky, and as always, I leave you with a quote. Kobe Bryant once said, no one hates the good ones. They only hate the great ones. So go out there and make some new haters, guys. I'll see you next time.